Hey, what's up? It's Avery here. Well, I guess who else would it be? It is my own show. <laughs> you see, my show is on platforms like iTunes and Spotify, and you may wonder, how do I get my show on these platforms? Well, I do it through an app called Anchor. It's free to download, and you can use it on your phone or on your laptop. And it also comes with creation tools that let you edit your show. You can also make that sweet moolah with your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, want to get started? Download the Anchor app on the Google Play Store or Apple's App Store. Or go to anchor.fm. It's that easy. What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome back to Avery Sports Show. It's Grand Finals weekend in the NRL. The Melbourne Storm are taking on the Penrith Panthers. So I wanted to have on an NRL expert to help break things down, but also the year of 2020 in Australian Rugby League. So welcome to the podcast from Fox NRL. It is it is Darcy McDonald. Darcy, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, I was talking to you off here about the differences in their clients from Canada to Australia. I was telling you that um, in about a month or so, it is going to get down to minus 25. That was a complete shock to you. <laughs> uh, yes, because here in Sydney, the coldest it will ever get is at the absolute stretch, minus one. And that's very rare. Like, I recall being outside um, playing soccer and playing um, American football at minus one with friends during um, recess. So to us, minus one is nothing. Like we can be outside in just a light, light jacket and minus one, but that is, I'm, I'm very jealous of the fact it's plus 25 over there because that was our summer and I loved it. Oh, wow, what a different world we live in. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't agree more. So now I got to ask you, you know, with rugby league all over the world, things were, of course, in 2020 were all too, you know, for us with Super League, we had our season postponed, like the NRL, things were shut down. So I got to ask you, being the reporter down in Australia, what was the biggest change for your career? Like what changed the most, be it access after round two? Um, definitely from the access was the, was the biggest because all the players went into a bubble. Um, in saying that now that restrictions are slowly easing, the access has gotten better. Just a couple of days ago, I was at a media, media day with one of the grand finalist teams and the access was quite good. Other than that, um, we've had to change to working from home and also the types of stories that we were writing about. No longer were we just covering, um, you know, stuff that's happening on the field, maybe a couple of scandals and the NRL is, is no shortage of scandals um, and, and maybe like player transfers and stuff like that. All of a sudden we were covering as well um, player pay cuts, players going into a biosecurity COVID bubble, um, all these sorts of things that you would never expect a player being suspended for um, making a TikTok with a couple <laughs> of people. So like, I never expected to be writing about that. So that's probably the, the craziest thing. <laughs> yeah, the TikTok scandal, that was certainly something to cover. I know, I remember, I remember hearing about the ideas of trying to resume the season. I remember seeing all kinds of ideas, be it splitting the competition into conferences like you have in the NFL. Taking all 16 teams to a remote part of the country to play in. What was the wildest story you heard yourself on how to resume the season? I think it was uh, when they were talking about bringing all of the um, entire squad and their families um, into a one giant bubble 
um, whether it be in Queensland or in Sydney, that sounded like an absolute logistical nightmare because <laughs> um, with the NRL, like I, I suppose with um, bigger sports internationally, um, a lot of the, the, the big stars, they make enough money to support their families so that their wives and, and whatnot don't have to work. Where in the NRL, you do have some high spenders, I mean, sorry, high, some high earners who do earn plenty to be able to support their family. But you've also got guys playing weekly who are on the minimum wage. And mm. so therefore their partner has to go to work. So the idea of having to bring every single person into a bubble and, and for an entire season and not leave, it was just, it was wild. It was never going to happen. And thankfully it didn't happen, but that was probably the craziest one. And, and, all, and like I said earlier, the NRL is never short of scandals. And I just thought, my goodness, could you imagine? It'd be like Love Island NRL version. It'd be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. It's funny you mentioned the whole thing because that happened eventually in ice hockey and in the NBA. That did happen where you did have in the hockey season and basketball season where they did end up bringing the families of the teams during the NBA finals to the bubble in Orlando, Florida. So it, it did happen in basketball. It wasn't a lot far-fetched for pro basketball or professional ice hockey. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose they did actually do it with the um, with the New Zealand Warriors. They had to bring them over from New Zealand to Australia, um, mm. but that was that was quite the sad bit because um, a lot of the partners and, and the children were able to come over because the, the club helped them out. They put them in accommodation, sort them out with, with food and everything. But some partners actually couldn't get over. And then same with the Melbourne Storm. They were moved from Melbourne up to the Sunshine Coast on Queensland. So they were put in mini bubbles. So that was a little bit easier, I suppose, just doing it for two clubs. But all 16 clubs would have just been, oh, would have been a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And you mentioned New Zealand. Uh, that was a team in which, you know, that was a big story with, you know, would he be able to play this year? Would he be able to continue? I think so much credit needs to be given to those guys to, you know, sacrifice being from their families for so long and relocating to Australia because I'm sure that could not have been easy being the one team that was playing not in their country. Yeah, that was and what they did was absolutely massive. And their captain, Roger Tuovasashek, he was one of the only um, one of the only uh, guys that couldn't get that didn't have his um, his family over there. So throughout the season, um, it was kind of sporadic, but eventually most of the partners and children were able to get over to Australia, but um, Roger's partner and his little little baby didn't come over for whatever reason. It might have been because of family and 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 work and whatnot. But um, she stayed over in New Zealand, so he saw out the entire season without um, coming into contact or anything with his family. And and he struggled. The coach said a number of times that he really, really struggled and was just trying to see through the season. And it was quite sad because his wife uh, breathed a sigh of relief when they were eventually knocked out uh, or they lost um, in the final rounds and, and didn't qualify for the finals because she, you know, it was sad for her husband, but she was relieved that he was going to be coming back home to New Zealand. So what they did was, um, was yeah, was absolutely massive. But the NRL did a really good job in looking after them. Um, I know that they were staying up in this beautiful, beautiful part um, of this on the central coast. It's about two hours um, north of Sydney in this gorgeous um, a block of apartments overlooking the ocean. Um, and they, they were very well looked after. My, my boyfriend's brother actually plays for the Warriors. So I, okay. I got, yeah, so I got lots of plenty of detail and updates and, and they were well looked after. And, and it's funny because they probably played their best season they have in, gosh, almost 10 years or so because they really band branded together and, and they overcome this adversity and they weren't having to travel. 
overseas back and forth each weekend to play, they, everything was, they, they were grounded here and they were living together and they grew and it ended up being the best thing for them. It's quite funny how it happened actually. Of course, you know, being away from home and all the challenges, the fact that they finished 10th on the table was so impressive because there was a little time there. They were thinking they might make the finals because they finished only four points back of Cronulla. They had a chance to be uh, playing the finals here. Yeah, and like that was that was pretty crazy because when the season was suspended and when they were moved out here to Terrigal, everyone had just written them off. They thought, no way, this is just going to be an absolute, uh, it's going to be a nightmare. They're going to drop to last. They're not going to be able to show the resilience needed to get through this. They're not the club that could do this. And they proved everybody wrong to the point where there were so many people in Australia who, en- who ended up signing up and becoming members of the Warriors to show their support. And everyone was on their bandwagon, like rooting them home. Come on, Warriors, come on, Warriors. And they came, like you said, they came so close they just needed that win and they could have really fought into the finals um but you know it wasn't meant to be but it, they they showed what they can do when they put their mind to it um and i think that probably sets them up for a pretty exciting year next year of course of course and, you know you mentioned the supporter they know you know for quite some time after the restart there were no actual fans allowed back in cardboard cutouts were being used in place i sent one in to be at anz stadium for the Rabbitohs. But what was it like to see in the NRL say, you know what, we can't have fans here, let's have some fun with this, let's get fans to send in pictures of Cardboard cutouts. It was so fun to see all different grounds having just these cutouts here for every single game until about week nine or week 10. <laughs> that was so funny. I, I, that was so entertaining. I remember the first couple of weeks and um, it almost it became a novelty and it was, you could stitch your friends up and find a really, you know, unflattering photo of your friend and some people did and got it in a cardboard cutout um there were there was someone put their dog up in a cardboard cutout and it was quite funny because i think in one game um the player kicked it out and, and it hit the head off one of the cardboard cutouts and mm. one of the journalists had a bit of fun and, and tweeted you know casualty ward cardboard cutout you know high shot and and made a bit of fun out of it so that was it was, you know, it was quite sad that no fans could be there for the start of that um, resume season. But the cardboard, cardboard cutouts made it kind of, I don't know, it was one of those situations, 2020, if you, don't, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And I think the cardboard cutouts helped that because they were very comic. Really, really, really. I know we've seen fans starting to come back now. We were seeing fans more and more as the weeks went on. We still have fans for the finals. Uh, what are the plans now for the grand final between Penrith and Melbourne? Are there plans to have even more fans back? And is there a timeline to have potentially full capacity fans back, if not for 2021, for 2022, Dorothy? Um, I believe uh, the latest I heard, I think it, the ANZ Stadium can be at 50% capacity. So um, at total, it can hold 80,000. So it'll be 40,000 fans there on Sunday, which, I mean, it's a shame because... Grand final day, it always packs out. And, and I have no doubt that would have been the case again this year. But look, you know, beggars can't be choosers. 40 grand, uh, 40 grand, 40,000 fans <laughs> um, is still is still pretty good. And the atmosphere will be great. In terms of next year, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But in Australia, the COVID cases have been going down. Um, there was a bit of a spike in Melbourne. But other than that, the other states have been quite good. So... Fingers crossed, if everything is travelling well as of next year, I would not be surprised if we could get um, 
a stadiums packed or at least the cap um there'd be no cap on on fans next year because it's you know think i don't want to jinx it but things are looking good here that's a great sign that is a really great sign i want to mention i know when nrl resumed um sports in north america and europe were still on pause nrl was one of the few sports in the world playing and you saw nrl was trying to target north american fans in america and here in canada so what are your thoughts on the fact on and rugby league's growth because over here the wolfpack have been a major play in toronto they've been helping the growth of the sport in canada so what are your thoughts on that push to attract newcomers to the game and people like me who watch rugby league for a few years but i've loved every minute of it be it nrl or super league yeah, I love it. Um, I noticed on Twitter too that so many, uh, so many international fans were quite amazed that there were no helmets or shoulder pads, <laughs> and and the hits were so brutal. So I think uh, that shock factor has the potential, or, or give, gives the NRL a bit of a, a bit of an edge. Um, but yeah, I think like Toronto is a perfect example and the, and the perfect foundation. I, I really, really hope it builds because there are some incredible athletes in, in the States and in, in Canada. And, and you think how many, how many players, how many um, young men go and try an NFL career, for example, right. and you know, they might not make it because I could imagine it's an incredibly competitive industry if there's another sport to turn to like rugby league where they're still doing those brutal hits and, and you have to be that incredibly fit um, athlete, it would be, I, I feel like it would, it would grow quite quick. It, it could grow legs really quickly if, um, if it was allowed to, I guess. Oh, of course. There's so many athletes here who I think who, if given a chance, would absolutely dive into rugby league, which is why the opposition at times to the Wolfpack is silly because they can grow the player base of rugby league in the world within the future. Canadians who in this part of the world will be growing up watching them. I mean, with that, building up even more franchises, and with that, building up even more franchises across the country, like we have Ottawa coming next year into the RFL. I would love if the NRL looked at this and said, okay, we want to try round zero again. And have, say, Rabbitohs and the Roosters playing in Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal. Yes, how good would that be? Or like a state of origin match or something, you know, some sort of, um, yeah, a special match. Take it over there. Let the fans see it in, in, in the flesh. And I think they would really love it. It is, and especially they introduced new rules this year and it actually sped up the game mm-hmm. and it makes it um, even more entertaining and exciting than what it has been. And I, I, I totally agree. I think if, uh, yeah, giving, giving NRL the platform and introducing it to uh, two more fans, I don't think anyone's going to hate it. I think if anything, everyone's going to love it. It's so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> No, it really is. It really is. I want to mention to you, you know, uh, the grand final here, uh, Penrith and Melbourne, two, the, the two teams who finished top of the table. And you know what? It was, I'm not surprised if these are two teams were battling out for the for the grand final. Penrith comes in winning 17 straight matches and Melbourne, the veteran team with guys like Cameron Smith, Josh Adokar. I mean, this is going to be a great match with my mind, Darcy. Yeah, you summed it up perfectly. They really are the two best teams. They finished first and second and you've got two, You could, they could be not, could not be even more opposite. Like the Penrith team, they're young. They're so exciting. They have this swagger about them. Um, they're really confident. And 
they're just, like you said, they're coming off 17 straight wins, which is remarkable. So they've got this momentum building and a really big excitement. And the club hasn't won a grand final for 17 years. And then you've got Melbourne. And that team is stacked with experience and superstars. Um, they only won a grand final three years ago. So, like, you, it's literally young and exciting versus, I won't say old, but <laughs> veteran is a better word, experience, big game experience. And I think it's going to be an absolute cracker of a game. I think it's going to be a tight one too. I think it will be. You know, I'm looking at the game right here. You know what? In a championship game, people always give the edge to the veteran team. But if you're Melbourne, how do you stop someone in a game like this, like a Nathan Cleary, who can be a true game breaker for the Panthers? And when that whole team is playing well, they are very tough to slow down. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to defense. That Everyone says defense wins your premierships. And I think that's going to be the case because both teams can score points. There's mm. no doubt about that. Um, it's about stopping each other's points. And this is where I think Melbourne are going to have that little bit of edge, that big game experience. I think there's nine players in in the Storms team that have played in grand finals as opposed to Penrith's uh, off the top of my head three players and that's quite a big difference um, and majority of the Panthers team this will be the biggest game they've ever played in their lives Melbourne they know how to grind out a game they're not going to get in the in their heads they're not going to get ahead of themselves they're not going to get hyped up lose control um, because of the adrenaline and I think that's how they're going to be able to outsmart Penrith um, is just that big game experience, particularly with Cameron Smith. He has such an influence on the game. He can slow it down, speed it up, manipulate the game. And um, I think Penrith coach Ivan Cleary said maybe today um, at a press conference that he, that Cameron Smith is their biggest danger. He can turn into a superhuman. And I think he's nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really has. And you know what, Cameron Smith, he's someone, as I've been learning rugby league over the past few years, he is someone who is revered as one of the game's greatest players. Been with Melbourne since 2000. And now in this past year, there's been the consistent talk of, is he going to retire? Is he going to play some more? What have you heard? Like, what is he leaning to more toward? I know, I know the team carried him off on their shoulders after the last game against Jeff Barrett. <laughs> yes. So what is, what is going on? Is, is I think he will retire. I think so. <laughs> oh, I, well, let me say, he will either retire, I would say 95% chance, 5% chance he will go to a Queensland club. Um, his wife has, has purchased a property up on the Gold Coast. Don't know if that's a hint or whether they just hope to retire up there. Um, but at the end of the day, yes, he got carried off on his teammates' shoulders. Um, mind you, him and the coach, Craig Bellamy, played it down and said, oh, you know, just in case he does retire, we don't know if he's going to, but just in case, we just thought we'd do this. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the general consensus is... He will retire. There's two fantastic hookers that are waiting in the wings, um, Brandon Smith and Harry Grant, and they need Cameron Smith to move on for them to get the exposure and game time that they are more than capable, more than ready for. If Cameron Smith stays on, um, Melbourne risk losing, if not one, maybe two, both Brandon and Harry Grant to other clubs. And they are essentially their next Cameron Smith, their next hooker for the for 15 years. So it's, I think it's going to come down to that. And Cameron, I mean, he's the ultimate professional and he loves the storm that is that club is his life. And I think he will make that decision. Um, 
on the basis of the, for the good of the club. He could play until he's 40 easily, 45 maybe. Um, but he, I think he knows that if he stays on, it's at the risk of losing the other two promising hookers. And, and I think that's why he'll choose to step aside and let the club transition into the next um, few years. Interesting. I'll say this much though. To be 37 years old and to finish fourth in the Dally M uh, voting, that is still very impressive in my mind. To be Oh my God, isn't he absolutely amazing? And it's funny because... Uh, another journalist mentioned this uh, during, through the week, but when he does retire, his highlights reel will actually be the most boring highlights reel ever because <laughs> he, I know it sounds crazy, but he is not your flashy player. He's not um, making these hundred meter uh, runs. He's not have, um, intercepting passes. He mm. rarely makes these ga- um, game saving tackles. He, but what he does is the stuff that goes unnoticed. So he's an incredible leader on and off the field. Um, he controls the speed of the game and he can dictate and, and move his plays around. You can't really show that in a highlights reel, unfortunately. So his highlights reel will just be him lifting up a lot of trophies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought bad. You know, the sport rewards the winners. You know what? Hey, if you can leave here with a lot of championships, that's a great um, thing if you don't have a great highlights tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And who knows? And all the more reason if they win this weekend, um, all the more reason why he'll hang up the boots because you'll be going out as a winner. Exactly, exactly. I mentioned the Dally M. I know it went to Jack White, and, uh, the player of the year. Bye. And in the voting, Clint Gutherson finished second. Nathan Clary finished third. But of course, it was a controversy that the results were revealed before the actual um, Dally M show. I saw I saw the, uh, the whole thing on Twitter. The talk of, you know, oh, why is still doing a show if we know he's going to win? Like, has there been talk of altering the voting so that that can't happen or alterations so that if that were to leak out again, there would be some sort of consequence? Because that that's a kind of unfortunate for the show as a whole where you build up the drama and it leaks out that Jack is one Dally M before it's revealed on television. Yeah, my goodness, wasn't that a uh, <laughs> that was a roller coaster, wasn't it? Yeah, that was yeah. that was quite wild, and and I I feel so so sorry for the person who accidentally um, accidentally leaked it. It was you know not intentional at all, and 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 it was from the Daily Telegraph, and and we use at Fox the same system to uh, do articles for our website. Mm. And I know exactly what, what button they've accidentally pressed. And I've done it before, you know, it wasn't a embargoed, um, you know, <laughs> Dally and winner results. So it was no big deal. Mine was just a simple story I wanted to set for the morning, but mm. I've accidentally, you know, hit publish when I should have hit, hit schedule. And it happens when you're in autopilot. So I feel really, really, really cringy bad for the, the, poor, the poor soul that did it. But yes, it did, it did create um, a bit of drama. Um, and, and already the Dally M's were going to be a bit dull, more dull than usual because there was no red carpet. There was no big event. It was only a handful of players there and it was just filmed in the studio as opposed to a, a big event space. So it was a bit of a dampener on the night. Um, and I think the NRL were going to launch an investigation into it, but I th- I'm sure they'll come to the conclusion that it was just a human error accident. But yes, like you said, there's a bit of controversy around um, Jack White and getting the Daly M, which is, mm. which is really unfortunate because he has been a sensational player and probably the most informed and consistent 5'8". It's only, it's only that Nathan Cleary has had such a big 
improvement from last year to this year that I think fans are like, oh my God, Nathan Cleary is the best player this year. He deserved it. And that's because we're going off what he was last year, where Jack Whiten was absolutely brilliant last year as well. He won the Clive Churchill medal in the grand final in a losing side. Um, so we're, you know, we're kind of immune to Jack being fantastic. Um, and, and it was a tight race. And, and Nathan Cleary, the uh, TikTok star yeah. um, he missed uh, a couple of games because of that TikTok um, debacle and had he played those two games he probably would have um, would have nipped Jack and he would have won anyways so I think it worked out the way it should have worked out and Jack deserved the the Dally M Nathan Clear is only I think maybe 23 maybe 24 he's got plenty of years left in him and I have no doubt that he will win a Dally M at some point maybe two in his career I agree. I think he has a very good chance of doing that. Before I let you go, Darcy, I do want to mention the fact that in rugby league, you've been seeing women's game growing even more. And NRLW has been getting a lot of attention. It's been getting games on television. I love the fact that you're seeing women's game getting its promotion on television and on other platforms. Because that is a great great competition to watch yeah they're so talented um the girls they're absolutely they're so tough and that like coming from a from another from another female i cry if i kick my toe on the edge of a table and <laughs> i and i'm sitting there watching these girls absolutely throwing each other down they're tackling them so hard and they're so skillful it's they're really 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 special and i think um the talent pool has grown immensely from last year to this year as well. So it, uh, that's proof in the pudding that putting these games on the television and promoting the women are, are actually, it's spreading all the way down to the grassroots footy. More girls are getting involved and they now see, um, they can now dream just like young, young men can. They, they, little boys will go and play footy and they go, oh, I want to be an NRL star when I grow up. Now girls can go and play footy and say, oh yeah, I can be an NRLW star when I grow up. And hopefully, and, and, and I think that this is the plan eventually is, these um, these ladies will be able to, it'll be their full-time job and they will be paid accordingly and just like the NRL stars. And that, that will be massive for the game too because, you know, all, the, all these um, women have to work normal jobs throughout the year until, you know, a couple of months out from the NRLW season, they then have to go into full-time training. So they have to juggle finding a job that is lenient with that. And that's quite stressful and difficult. Um, so hopefully in the near future, that will change and there'll be enough sponsors on board, enough coverage to be able to generate the revenue for them to become full-time NRLW stars. Now, I couldn't agree more. Before that you go, Darcy, I do want to ask you, can you give me a score prediction for the grand final? Who's taking this this weekend? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I think it is going to be 20 to 18. And I think the Storm will win. And I think Cameron Smith will get the Clive Churchill medal and he will announce his retirement. <laughs> okay. You know what? I will go. I'll go a little bit higher. I will say Melbourne. 31-26. How's that sound? Oh, I love it. A field goal. I love it. Yes, I think it's going to be a field goal. <laughs> Darcy's been a blast having you on the podcast. Thank you for doing the show. And hopefully, if the boards are open next year, hopefully you can see me either at an NRL game or covering... Or state of origin. Yeah, I want to come down next year to Australia if I can make it down somehow with the borders open again. If that would be absolutely amazing. It would be a pleasure to go and watch the game with you. That'd be great. Awesome. Thanks so much, Darcy. Thank you. Bye.